Welcome to another edition of the Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. I'm your host, Darren Long, and as always by my side this week, Jeremy Wiseman, Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Jeremy, a week that was exciting, new clients to talk about, upcoming seminar, and using the past as a barometer for the future. We're going to talk a little bit about gold today, well, a lot about gold. We're going to be on that topic are we closer to seeing something that we've seen in the past happen already, or is this likely to be a very long waiting game for precious metals? We'll delve into the topic a little further. I want to give you the phone number to call, and this is just so that you can contact us, get in touch, and get educated about gold and silver and why people the world over right now are putting it into their portfolios in physical form is what we do. There's no paper here, folks, and if you're listening and you're thinking you're going to hear about mining stocks and things of that nature, we don't talk about that. We talk about the real physical hold-in-your-hand bullion that you can have through Guildhall. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver That's one eight seven seven eight silver Or the website, while you're listening, if you're able to browse, is guildhallwealth.com. Now, Jeremy, getting started, here we go into this week. We're at the midway point of November. We've had... It's already Christmas songs Well, listen, everywhere. I'm a huge believer that we hold off and we've done our remembering and that we've paid tribute to the people that serve our country. It was a great remembrance week. Lots happening in the media, obviously. But yes, we're looking ahead. And one of those aspects of looking ahead is this holiday season that's coming up, Christmas and Hanukkah and Diwali and all the celebrations and all the reasons why people more than ever now are changing their opinions about what to buy their loved ones, what to put in their portfolios. And we're going to talk about that. So let's delve into that. We sit here with gold on the year to date up about 13% still as we're speaking, just below the 1500 level in US dollars and paper. Uh, and silver sitting just below the $17 mark, hovering around the $17 mark this week. Uh, both, again, presenting great opportunities for those getting into the market or cost averaging to buy and add to their already existing portfolios. And the idea here is very simple. What can the past teach us about the future? And you've brought with you an article that is going to discuss a little bit about that. In particular, I would suggest that, uh, as well as welcome you to this week's show, Share your thoughts on what a week this has been. Well, it was a week uh, for us that was very busy, and um, we're seeing a lot of the same reasons, people getting involved in, in precious metals that we have really all year, uh, and even last year as well, which is seeing really high stock, uh, stock prices, real estate prices, uh, concerns about uh, how high things can actually go. We're, you know, we're at record record territories, and there's a concern that things can can uh, fall back very easily. Uh, there's a, a distrust of the financial system and how long that the Fed can keep this uh, charade going. As you know, that they've reintroduced QE, but let's not call it QE or expanding the balance sheet. And so there's a there's a growing distrust, and gold is trust. And so uh, a lot of people are, have been ignoring the noise. I would say that even though we did have a pullback in gold last week and through uh, the beginning of this week, we didn't really hear anyone frustrated about that in any particular manner, which is to say that gold was, was above 1,500 um, an ounce. We pulled back down to the mid-1400 
$1,400 range. I believe we're up $20, $30 today. So it looks like there there was definitely a bottoming of that uh, recent pullback. And that's basically what's happened. We had a bottoming of the pullback, and, and things look like they're, they're moving back up. Now, we could test the bottom again for sure. There could be some consolidation. But uh, this is a, this is the type of stuff that you expect in a, in a bull market. Guildhallwealth.com, the website to go and get a free investor kit if you're as excited as we are about the ownership of gold and silver, and you want to find out more about putting it into your portfolio. Uh, Jeremy, let's get started before this segment ends, and it always comes so quickly in the first segment, with an article from Gary Christensen. came out this past week entitled, Gold is the Alpha Currency. And if you repeat the title to yourself, Gold is the Alpha Currency, therein lies really the just of what Gary Christensen believes gold is worth. It's the highest of the high in terms of currency values of the world. It is the uh, pseudo reserve currency in his belief. And he writes an article which we got from the Silver Bear Cafe. We'll share with our with our listeners if they want the uh, article this week, if they're on the news uh, letter uh, list. And this article, a very interesting one, as he decides to take a look back. Yeah, so in this article, he's going to be looking back at uh, several different bull markets in, in precious metals and also looks at debt versus population, which I think is a very interesting topic to look at because oftentimes there is this argument that says, well, of course, debts are higher. There's a larger population, so you would expect that. So let's dig, dig into that in the, in the next segment and find out what Gary Christian's opinion is of the past and what the future could hold. We'll also take a look at an article from Craig Hempke of uh, Sprott. And, of course, we like Craig Hempke's uh, feedback on the market. His analysis is really sharp. Also taking a look back at pricing and what it tells us about the future. So this is a show about looking back to find out what's happening ahead. And we think gold and silver are going much higher. And if you do too, call the number one eight seven seven eight silver. Get your free investor kit, absolutely free of charge, sent to your inbox, or we can mail it out to your address if you want to leave your details. You can also go over to the website guildhallwealth.com, and there you can see we are having a seminar on the thirtieth of November, ten thirty a.m. It's a Saturday morning. We're going to be talking about registered accounts, how to get gold and silver into your RSP, TFSAs, or other types of registered accounts. We have 10 or less seats left, and if you want to get in there, guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. We'll talk more about that. Please stay tuned. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. As you heard when we entered this segment, this is a show about precious metals, and we are here to talk about all things related to physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. In that first segment, we introduced an article from Gary Christensen called Gold is the Alpha Currency. And I'll tell you, Jeremy, I'm excited about this article, but before we get there, a quick announcement. 11 years on air. 11 years. And we've just surpassed that anniversary late September, and we didn't really even celebrate. No, we didn't. I, I think, well, you just said we, we didn't realize we would be on the air this long mm -hmm. talking about precious metals, and, and the returns on precious metals have been great over that period of time. I remember I bought my first ounce of gold uh, below $600 an ounce, and I remember talking to people saying, yeah, you know, all of the gurus in, in the market say that gold could comfortably get to $1,000 an ounce. And everyone just waved me off. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. 
And lo and behold, we did get there. And in fact, we surpassed that to the point that when the price came back down to $1,000 an ounce, it was almost like people were jumping out of windows. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of action in the gold market. It's been a great place to be. We love talking about precious metals. And, uh, yeah, we hope to be on the, the air for, for many years to come. Well, pat on the back to us because it's been a long time uh, that this market has given us the opportunity to share our views and opinions. And it's been fantastic fun. And congratulations to those that have come along uh, with us for the ride. We're welcome uh, to have you and we love having you and of course we'll continue to grow that base of clientele uh, jeremy this article from gary christian this week gold is the alpha currency speaking of what people thought back then uh, this article really does a great job at summarizing the various periods of time where we've seen interest in precious metals start to grow and in particular you mentioned just a couple of seconds ago buying below 600 an ounce and having a feeling that if it doubled in value that'd be fantastic but lo and behold gold went to 1900 share with us how gary christensen gets to the idea that gold may go as high as five to eight thousand dollars an ounce yeah so this is uh let's let's dig into the article he he looks back at several different periods in the market the first being 1965 where the london gold pool uh was holding the price at 35 dollars an ounce remember the u.s dollar was pegged to gold um at a price of 35 dollars an ounce so gold wasn't let uh, it wasn't allowed to float with the currency or be what I call a vote of confidence for the currency. So if you didn't like it, you'd buy gold. That would drop the currency kind of thing. Uh, he says the average wage was 260 an hour, the cost of a new truck, $2,000, and total credit market debt was um, $1.1 trillion. There was the Vietnam War, which was escalating, and President Johnson was pushing social, pro uh, social programs, and politicians spent freely to reward cronies. He said, problem, the U.S. had spent so much on the military, wars, and social programs that debt and prices surged higher as the dollar devalued. Foreigners realized the dollar was worth less than uh, you know, the $35 an ounce uh, to gold, and they wanted to trade the paper dollars for gold. So that kind of started the run, right? He's saying, look, there was the Vietnam War. We, um, their creditors understood that the U.S. was printing a lot of money, and how can you keep printing this money and, and the gold is worth $35 an ounce? No way. Gold's worth a lot more. In other words, your dollar's worth less. We want to convert the gold. We want to convert the paper money to gold. And so that started the run, and that's what broke the, the London gold pool. So let's skip ahead to uh, 1971. The London gold pool collapses. Um, gold prices start to, to really get on the, on the move. And uh, average wage at that time was $3.62 an hour, and the cost of a truck had moved up to $2,900, and the debts had moved up to $1.7 trillion. He said the problem, the U.S. was continuing to spend excessively on wars, uh, military and social programs, debt and prices accelerated higher, higher, foreigners wanted gold instead of paper dollars, and under the advice of central bankers, President Nixon temporarily, in quotes, stopped exchanging dollars for gold. During the next decade, the dollar collapsed in purchasing power, consumer price inflation, devastated many households, and currencies in circulation expanded rapidly. Rapidly, I think that's important to remember that in the 70s, people understood the tie of currency to gold, and that in the lack of that, that tie, um, things can get uh, unruly. And so I think that was a period where people were... Um, 
you know, of course, gold was uh, illegal back then, and, and but uh, silver wasn't. Uh, but I think that's what started the hoarding around the world. And people did start to understand that, oh, we've taken the tether away. We've taken the anchor away, which is gold. And that was supposed to be temporary. Well, here we are. It's 2019. There's still no anchor. So I think that's an interesting um, context to, to remember that we've come a long way from people understanding gold as an anchor to now they're relearning gold as an anchor. So those are just two sec two eras where gold started to rise rapidly. And uh, let's look at the next one, which is 2001. All right. Well, 2001 will have to stay on hold for when we come back from the segment. And also... What happened to gold and silver in price during the 1970s? Well, we'll tell you when we come back, if you stay tuned to The Real Money Show, and you are listening with Guildhall Wealth Management. We want to remind you, we have a seminar coming up November the 30th. This is all about registered accounts, how to get gold and silver into a self-directed RSP or TFSA. We'll show you how. We'll talk about the product. We'll show you some product. And you can do that right in our offices. Go over to the website to register, guildhallwealth.com, or call the number, and as part of your free investor kit, you can also request a seat there, one eight seven seven eight silver And if you want to, we will throw in a free gram of gold for every 5000 US that you spend inside of a registered account, up to a maximum of 10 If that's not enough incentive to get going, what we talk about in price coming up sure will be. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thank you for staying tuned. You are listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. Welcome back to the show. And for those that have just tuned in, we've been discussing an article from Gary Christensen called Gold is the Alpha Currency, which we fully agree with. No argument here from us at Guildhall. And in particular, how a look back at the recent past can give us some gauge the future. And in particular, Jeremy, you talked about some of the comparisons of where we were uh, demographically with income and the value of a truck and some of these hallmark-based costs of things and how much debt in these periods existed. And in 65, we were looking really uh, at the, the sweet spot of the Vietnam crisis, the tail end of something happening there, uh, lots of debt being incurred to raise awareness about war, to pay for war, uh, being financed by many countries around the world, led by the U.S., obviously. And in particular, the problem became that the U.S. did not want to keep sending out all their gold in lieu of people taking their U.S. dollars. So 70s come around, early 70s, 71. Nixon ends the gold standard, and that window closes for countries to exchange uh, their debt for gold physically. And as a result, Nixon says, don't worry, it's temporary. That change has been temporary ever since 2019. And uh, we surge forward. Now, as a reminder, once Nixon ended the gold standard and there was no checks and balances on the money being printed or how much could be printed any longer because you had no gold that had to back that currency, the floodgates open and quantitative easing happened really for not the first time in history, but the largest of its kind at that time. The amount of currency in, in floating around in the system in the U.S. doubled from 71 to 81. And during that time, what did the gold price do? Well, it went from 35 an ounce to 850 an ounce, or a paltry 2,300% higher. Well, its smaller brother, silver, went from $2.50 an ounce to $52 an ounce 
1,900% higher. And lo and behold, if we want to look at recycling these periods of times, because history repeats itself as we well know, this article fast forwards to 2001. And if you would, continue to take our listeners through this journey and how we're learning about what the future holds. Sure, and I think that's a good segue to consider how much gold and silver did go up during that period, because obviously there had to be a come down from that. And, and that's why we pick up in 2001, because after a major bull market like that, um, there's going to be consolidation and uh, times change. You know, they lifted rates to double digits. They went into recession and they kind of found a way to get some value back into the U.S. dollar after the 70s. So gold had been in a bear market for 21 years. It had fallen 70 percent, which, again, how much did gold go up during the 70s? 2300%. So to give back 70%, you know, you there there you there was definitely money made in the 70s that would have kept you going through the 80s. So the dollar was strong. The US had planned to invade Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Iran. Average uh, wage was 14.66 an hour. That's up from $3.62 in 1971 and uh, the credit credit market was worth a uh, 30 trillion dollars. Uh, there was Mideast war escalation. President Bush supported military contractors and drug companies. Politicians spent on reward cronies. Hmm, starting to see a pattern. The problem, the U.S. increased spending on the military, wars, and social programs. Official national debt increased to $6 trillion. Sounds like nothing these days. Mm -hmm. And the stock market crashed in 2000, and the internet bubble inflated with printed currency units. Um, the internet, bu uh, the internet bubble imploded, and the Fed introduced other blowing, uh, bubble-blowing policies. Within seven years, Americans would suffer another housing problem, uh, bubble crash, and the stock market bubble and crash. So, you know, you always get this sense of the the central banks are sowing the seeds of the next crisis when they're trying to fix a crisis with all this manipulation. Skip ahead to October 2019. Um, gold had been in a bear market from 2011 to 2016. It had fallen 40% from the all-time high in 2011. In Canadian dollars, actually, if you're holding gold, it only came down 23%. Um, forever wars in the Middle East, Afghanistan, uh, the nation's becoming polarized. Um, average wage, $23. Cost of a new truck, $45,000. And the credit market is now $74 trillion. Ouch. So what's the problem? Military spending, wars, social programs, official national debt is now increased up to $23 trillion. stock markets inflated, uh, printed cur uh, currency units were near all-time highs, Fed now bubble-blowing policies like the QE that we're not allowed to call QE, and so the economic system is extremely fragile. Why? Because the, the seeds of the next crisis were already sown when they tried to fix the crisis in 2008. So now, in the next segment, Darren, let's look at let's bring it all together. We've just gone through the history. Let's see what that all comes together in terms of um, in terms of a trend and what that's going to show us moving forward. All right, I'm excited to see how we get to five to eight thousand dollars an ounce gold. I believe it's going to happen. What did Gary Christensen say would be the reasons that and much much more, including the Craig Hemke article about the same aspects of the past telling us more about the future. You are tuned in to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Well, as this hour goes by so fast, I will welcome back all of our listeners to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver Call it often. Get the free investor kit and ask questions about what we're discussing on today's show. We'll be happy to point you in the right direction, give you the feedback that we have, and connect you with some gold and silver in your portfolio. We're going to be talking about registered accounts coming up on the 30th of November. It's a Saturday morning, 1030 in office, and we have a handful of seats left. Go to our website, guildhallwealth.com, to register for that seminar. Jeremy, coming out of this article we've been discussing, Gary Christensen, gold is the alpha currency. A lot has happened. We've learned a lot from our past, where we've come from, and the picture being painted in the present right now is that if we take all the problems of the past, which have repeated themselves cyclically, as history repeats itself as we know, the problem is now that all of these occurrences of each of these various situations, from debt to the cost of living to war to geopolitics to uncertainty about banking and money printing, we are like guinea pigs in a giant science experiment, and this is unlike anything that history has ever thrown at us as individuals. How could a person not have gold, physical gold, in their portfolio? I have no idea. So let's wrap this all up and tell us where Gary Christensen sees the price of gold heading. Okay, so uh, just before we get to where he sees it going... We have to just see what all of these issues over the last uh, you know, 50, 60 years have taught us, um, actually going back almost 70 years, which is we know that deficit spending, larger debts, and wars are continuous. Politicians are going to continue to support their cronies and contributors. National debt is going to continue to grow about 8.9% a year for many decades. And at this rate, the national debt will exceed $40 trillion before 2030. Ouch. A recession, new wars, and socialistic uh, politicians put in play $50 trillion in debt uh, by 2030. Um, Christensen goes on to say that prices and wages rise as bankers and politicians devalue dollars. I think the, the past definitely shows us that. And the bottom 9% are not wealthier, but their numbers are larger. So gold prices rise as excessive printing and currency units devalue the dollar. Politicians and central banks respond by creating distractions. Finally, the U.S. economy runs on debt and credit. When corporations want to boost stock prices, they borrow and buy back stock. When politicians need a new program, they pass legislation, borrow the cost and increase debt to pay the interest on past debt. The U.S. government borrows more and adds to the total debt. If it, this all sounds crazy then you perfectly understand what's happening. So how do you, as the individual, protect against cronyism, government going into debt, dealing with social programs to get votes, um, stocks, companies just buying back their own stocks, et cetera? Well, you move into, you, you want to you place your vote and get into physical gold. He looks at the debt to um, the gold to debt ratio and the gold to population ratio. And essentially what it comes down to is if the debts double in the next seven to nine years and the ratios double, then gold prices would easily get to the five to $8,000 range. So that's not crazy to think that that could happen if you go back even to 2000 when gold was trading at uh, $250 an ounce and the debts in the US at that time were under 6 trillion. Well, if you consider all of this 
in one package, it may be a lot of information to take in. But doing that is going to be something that is eye-opening. It's going to give you some firepower in order to move forward and make better decisions for your wealth. And if you're like the rest of the people that we see on a regular weekly basis, that uncertainty is already there. That not knowing what the future holds is exactly where we are right now at this point in time. And it would be a shame to think that after a long run in the equity markets and the stock markets doing well, housing markets doing well, that we would all get caught up thinking that this could repeat itself and happen for another 10 years. These cycles have to end, and when they do, we have to protect our wealth. And to do it, we have limited options. One of them is putting gold and silver into your portfolio, and that's exactly what we're talking about today. I, I think, Darren, the, the takeaway here is there is a certain amount of certainty about what happens in the future. You know, there's the old saying, death and taxes. But I think it, it's definitely one thing as well to say that Anyone with power is going to be corrupted by that power. And if you have the power to print money, that is going to corrupt you as well. So you have to ask yourself if you trust the government to not be corrupted by the power that they have to just simply print money, to let their problems go away. Mm -hmm. And those problems have consequences. You know, putting a, a papering over the problems, putting a Band-Aid over a, a problem that needs surgery is not going to make the problem go away. You're just sowing the seeds for future crises along the way. So, you know, look, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of people out there who definitely agree and that what's happening right now is complete and utter madness. And if you don't think it's madness, then in my opinion, you're probably perhaps falling prey to propaganda that these systems and institutions have the ability to push out to through the media and things that everything is great well, things are not great out there if you look at the real numbers of what's happening you know the amount of people who actually have jobs given the population growth um you know you, you things are not good come on you know that we talk to people every day that tell us about their businesses and and how things are slowing down and you can't say that things are that the stock market's reaching all times highs who cares? That is not the economy. Having access to free money does not make an economy. It makes it crony capitalism. Well, listen, let's stay on that topic. We got the article from Craig Hemke, TF Metals on the gold seek side of things, talking about where he sees gold heading and whether or not this is a cycle more like 2015-16 or 2010-11. If you remember 2010-11, gold reached 1920 an ounce. Silver reached $49 an ounce. Let's see what he had to say about that as well. We have a seminar coming up November 30th at 10.30 a.m. We're almost full. We have about 10 seats or so remaining, and we'd like for you to be there. Go over to the website, guildhallwealth.com, find out more, get some gold and silver, put it in your portfolio, registered accounts. You can store it with us in a depository product you can take home through the e-store if you'd like to make a small purchase and get started or call the number for a free investor kit one eight seven seven eight silver you are tuned into the real money show with guildhall wealth management on global news radio 640 toronto welcome back once again to the real money show with guildhall wealth management i'm darren long your host and with me this week jeremy wiseman vice president of guildhall wealth management and in jeremy we were talking about this article from Gary Christensen. We're about to roll over to the Craig Hemke article. Uh, kind of the same theme, what the past has taught us about the future. And we learned through uh, Gary Christensen what 
the demographics were experiencing back in the 60s, 70s, and now the early 2000s during two very distinct bull markets in precious metals. We learned that during the 70s, gold rose 2,300%, silver rose 1,900%. And essentially what Gary has been saying here is that we are in a very, very new time and space. Although history is repeating itself, the prognosis is good for gold and silver. He has told us how he feels very confident the price of gold could go to five to 8,000. And I'm sure you feel very confident about suggesting that you also support that notion. <clears throat> I, I do. I, I think personally that at the end of the day, governments, which is my takeaway from this article, governments continue to print money. They're going to continue to go into debt. They're going to continue their military expansions. Uh, this has nothing to do with you, the individual. If you get access to QE and you happen to be those part of the 0.001%, fantastic. Guess what? You're probably not listening to this show. You're probably on your yacht somewhere. But for the rest of us, we have to deal with inflation because the dollar is devaluing. We have to deal with taxes. We have to deal with the fact, as Gary Christensen points out, that the truck that you want to buy is just going to get ever more expensive. And that's not rising at the same rate as your income. So that is something that you have to figure out how to protect against. So for us, the vote is, I don't want to be a part of that system. I'm going to take the cash out of the bank and I'm going to own some physical gold and physical silver. As a result of that, when we do see these moments of a crisis or major inflationary periods, you see that the precious metals advance quite rapidly. And that's what you need. You need something to protect your wealth. So I, I, I'm glad we got a chance to go through this article and get a sense of what history's shown us of what the future can hold for the prices of metals. And yes, I think that you could look at it in many, many different ways. We explore it every week, Darren, that uh, 100 ways from Sunday that gold could easily go to five to $8,000 an ounce, and it really would not surprise us. Well, again, on the same kind of theme this week, we picked up a second article from GoldSeek by Craig Hemke, and they published this, uh, and basically it was a review of two periods of time. In a nutshell, to keep this short, is the current period, and this is the question that was asked of the article from Craig Hemke, is the current period of 2019 and 20 as it relates to pricing in gold and silver more similar to 2010 and 11 where we had an extreme jump or similar to 2016-17 where there was some strength but it was continued sideways motion, it was like a false consolidation, breakout. a false breakout, which, by the way, we talk about when you're in office. We show you the charts of gold and silver, and we talk about those false breakouts. Now, the article goes on through the middle of the article to say, we've written about the idea of 2019 being like 2010 on multiple occasions this year already. In fact, it was understanding the similarities to 2010 that led us in January to issue the audacious, the audacious forecast of the best year for precious metals since 2010 at the time. This was a rather contrarian and bold forecast for the simple reason that gold prices hadn't exceeded $1,370 in over five years. They put the links here to that article from the original uh, quote, and they say, again, getting back to the central question at present, from here, do we continue like it's 2010-11? Or will precious metals prices fall back like they did in 1617? Jeremy, point? Well, I, I, I remember back in 2010-11 that that was when they really kicked in the QE. 
because remember the crisis was 2008 2000 uh, 2008 gold and silver did go down originally but this was they were already at peaks at that point they'd already been on major runs for the last eight nine years so uh, where was the liquidity to be found uh, these days I don't I think that's a big difference between back then um, in terms of if there was a crisis you know people didn't buy gold at three thousand dollars an ounce you know they bought it at the lows here so um, they're looking for those gains and they're not just going to sell gold to get liquidity in that respect so um, I do think that uh, you know by 2010 that's when QE really kicked in and obviously in 2016 2015 16 that was when they were all they were all talking about us uh, um, uh, not quantitative easing but quantitative tightening Right, and I remember we even had uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth on the show. We were saying, She's great. "Well, how how much how far are they going to raise rates before they burst their own bubble and have to have to reverse course?" And people like Jim Rickards would say the same thing. Well, the interesting part about this article, which is not expressed by Craig Hemke, but in a full size chart of the time since we've been open, two thousand and two you can clearly see these false starts in between each peak to peak. So from 2004 to 6, there's a false start in the middle. 6 to 8, false start in the middle. 8 to 11, false start in the middle. 11 to 2019, 16 is a false start. And Hemke goes on to say that, as you said, 2010, uh, global economies continued to slow. There was a green shoot of sorts that you discussed earlier in the show. GDP fell from 3.1% down to below 3% and, in fact, into recession territory, but never did quite get all the way down there. And by 2016, the U.S. and global economies began to recover. So they were going in opposite direction by that point. So that false start really set the tone for another period of consolidation. And as of 2019, well, let's hold on to that thought for a second, because here's where it gets interesting. In comparison with Gary Christensen, he also feels that this is a very important point in time and that by spring of this year, silver and gold are going to be rocketing higher. I love that. Music to my ears and for our clients as well. To get some gold and silver, call the number one eight seven seven eight silver or go over to the website guildhallwealth.com. And remember, for every account that's registered or a TFSA, you will get one free gram of gold to a maximum of 10 grams for every 5,000 U.S. you put into that account free of charge. Our way of saying thank you for coming aboard. We'll talk about those accounts and much, much more. Please stay tuned. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And just like that, the last segment of The Real Money Show, you are tuned in with Guildhall Wealth Management. This is The Real Money Show. We have been discussing the beauty that is Guildhall's primary reason for existence. That is to help clients get physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds into their portfolios. And Jeremy, what a show this week. Two incredibly good articles. We left the Gary Christensen and now onto the Craig Hemke. And we were just saying that Craig Hemke is saying this is much closer to 2010, where by spring of 11, gold and silver shot to the moon. Silver rose to $49 an ounce from the $18 range, and gold went up to $1,900 from the $1,200 range. Crazy, crazy time, super busy, and that's what lies ahead, according to Craig Hemke. He said, it is quite clear that the present day is much more analogous to 2010 than 2016, making a forecast for year-end in 2020 quarter one 
relatively stress-free. He goes on to say, expect prices of gold and silver, that is, to continue to drift sideways for a very short period of time, meaning the window is open now, folks. If you're listening and you want to get into this market, he says that the window is still open and will remain so for another few days, maybe a week, week and a half. Great opportunity for you to take advantage of it. And through 2019, as the end of December approaches, expect fireworks. From there, they expect prices to rebound into year-end, finishing 2019 very near where we forecast them back in January, just below major resistance of the 1550 mark in gold and in silver up near the 18 to $19 range, which will be both in the positive gains territory for two metals year over year and a fantastic percentage return. He then says, first quarter, fireworks. You're going to see the deterioration of economic uh, conditions, bringing even lower interest rates. Both COMEX metals will rally in 2020 quarter one. At this time, I expect COMEX gold to reach towards $1,700 and silver to trade towards $20 sometime before St. Patrick's Day. That's before St. Patrick's Day. That is one of the world's foremost analysts, Craig Kemke, talking about what his expectations are for price. He belongs to a public company, folks. He can't make these calls without having a reasonable expectation of that happening. So we're excited. Jeremy, let's finish the show strong. How can we get into this market? People are listening. They heard registered accounts. They heard a whole bunch of stuff. Share with our listeners a little bit about how they can actually get these physical metals into their hands or their accounts. So for us, the key is actual physical product. And we've known that the entire time we've been at Guildhall that, uh, you know, especially after 2008, Darren, into 2012 and 13, that there was a demand out there that that people don't want paper anymore. Uh, they want the the confidence that comes with physical ownership of the precious metal. So everything we do here is absolutely physical. We have a, a, a motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. A good place to start if you've never invested before is to pick up a few coins, pick up a few bars, get some physical in your hand to get a sense of what this is all about. You can do that through the e-store or you can do it over the phone or you can even set up an appointment and come to uh, Guildhall's offices and view some of the products and, and it'll help you make the decision. Once you move beyond that, you might move into a territory where you're really looking to protect wealth, not necessarily build the portfolio and build wealth, uh, but protect wealth that you've, that you've earned over the years. And that's where the depository comes into play, where you have physical allocated product that's separated from all other holdings in the vault. We call that segregation. You receive an inventory report, which is it's, it's basically a warehouse receipt of exactly what product you own at that vault. There's no obligation. You can always take delivery anytime. Uh, so there's always the transparency because that's what real physical metal does. It provides transparency. So once you even move into registered accounts, whether it's a TFSA, RSP, Lira, locked in RSP, or even an RESP, what you get is your own physical product that's being held in a vault facility. That vault is outside the banking system. It's an independent vault facility, and that's a great way to own actual physical metal. And we do find, Darren, that especially in registered accounts, that there's a lot of disappointment out there that people have been in mutual funds. 
they've been in the stock markets, they've, they've had pension funds being taken where their funds are being taken care of, and they look around, they say, the economy's doing so great, why am I not getting those type of returns in my portfolio? And this is a supposed managed portfolio. And that's why it's good to have a percentage of gold or silver in your portfolio, 10, 15. At this point, some people are doing more than that because it makes them feel safe and they can see the returns. Gold averaging 9% a year, silver averaging a little bit about the same over the last 15, 20 years. And we're just about moving into a major bull market in precious metals. So what a good time to be positioned here. Well, if you are looking to get into these markets and you're taking a, a good, hard look at what the world is telling you right now, then it should be a no-brainer. Gold is cheap. Silver is still cheap. And we think you should have both in your portfolio. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver or the website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember the upcoming seminar, November the 30th, 10.30 a.m. Seats are limited. It's absolutely free of charge to you. We're going to be talking registered accounts, how to get gold into your TFSAs, your RSPs, spousal RSPs, all of those uh, incredibly strong and powerful options for you as an investor, self-directed accounts, and the education that comes along with those. We would love for you to attend. There are a few seats available. This has been a show about gold past and gold future, and I want to thank everybody for staying tuned remember the weather's getting cold folks so help those in need to get by give them a little extra an extra blanket scarf a few bucks and take care of your local food banks that's from us here at guild hall and we want to wish everybody a great week a prosperous week we'll be talking about more gold and silver in the next week to come also Stay tuned. We'll have an update on Argyle Tender Stones for the next couple of weeks. The number to call, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Thank you very much for staying tuned throughout this hour to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.